Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello, Australia. Welcome to My Millennial Money Express. I'm Glenn James. And today on the podcast, I'm joined by Vince Scully from Life Sherpa. G'day, Vince. Welcome to My Millennial Money Express. G'day, Glenn. It's good to be here. Now, mission critical money steps. We know a lot of things are foundational in our money life. Mm -hmm. But what are some of the key things that you think are absolutely mission critical that we need to try and get nailed? Well, we talk about six major decisions that we've got to make. And in brief, they're where you live, what you drive, how you prepare for the unexpected, how you prepare for retirement, who you marry, and how you make a living. Okay, so let's pick one of those or a couple of those. The first one being where you live. So, do you have any guidelines that you like to talk about in terms of housing and accommodation? Yeah. So, where you live is obviously about you know how much, partly how much you spend on your home. And generally, we recommend that people try to stick below six times their their income. Um, but it's not just the property you buy; it's also about where you live. In the sense that. We start becoming a lot like our neighbours. We shop in the same shops. We go to the same cafes. Our kids go to the same schools. We go to the same places on holidays. So where you live and the people you live around you has a big impact on lots of other things that you spend money on. I guess because it's well and good that you can afford the mortgage repayments. That's right. But if it means socially to hang out with people in your community, you've got to join the yacht club and and do all that stuff. It could be an extra ten or $15,000 a year that you might not even have. Yeah, or... School fees could be way more than that. Yeah. Now, any guide for percentages that you like to talk about with mortgage repayments or rent? Yeah. I mean, the big thing about, you know, try to keep mortgage payments below 30% of your income, ideally 25, but in our big capital cities, that's pretty hard these days. And usually you can, for the same amount of dollars, you can get a fancier rental than you can buy it. But the big difference there is that Mortgage payments stay the same, whereas rent goes up with inflation. So by spending that 30% on rent, you're actually committing a larger portion of your lifetime income to accommodation. And it's like flying, you know, once you turn left, it's pretty hard to turn right. So once we get used to living in a certain type of property, it's pretty hard to uh, move down to something less exciting. And it's interesting as well because, you know, we know that the bank data says if your mortgage repayments are more than 40% of your net take home, you're considered in mortgage stress. The 40% is pretty stressful. Exactly. And and a lot of people, you know, sure, if it's a short period of time and mm. you're doing a hop, skip and a jump or something like that, you might need to go through a bit of a, a time where you're changing careers or whatever. And sure, for the next six months, it might be 40%, but yeah. longer when you, term- When you first buy and you're getting, you know, if you're a young accountant or young lawyer where you're going to get pretty rapid pay rises, sure. Um, 
But, you know, everything, every dollar you spend on your home is a dollar you can spend on something else. And you feel as something else, whereas you quickly get used to the the home. Mm. So most of the money stress that I see with our members is having bought too much house or too much car. Okay, moving on to cars. Any, oh, yeah, speaking of cars. Yeah, gosh, we had a bit of a thing on Facebook the other day, didn't we? <laughs> Someone asked about cars and I said, Vince and I have very heated discussions about cars. Uh, what are your rules of thumb when it comes to cars? Yeah. I mean, my big thing is to try and keep it, well, buy as little car as you possibly can, but generally keep it under three months pay. And in fact, if you stick to the you know, five to six times income for a house, three months pay for your car. It's quite feasible then to keep your chore spending or the fixed component of your spending to below 50%, which is pretty comfortable. But when it comes to cars, um, I am a bit of a car lover, although I do buy and hold, unlike uh, you, Glenn. Yeah, that's right. Um, and um, the big thing about owning cars is the depreciation, which is the so the price you pay for it and how long you keep it is the biggest determinant of the cost. And that's one of the reasons why, and I know you've got a different view on this, mm. is I'm a big fan of car loans because it forces the depreciation to come out of your wallet every month and nobody sets aside the depreciation to replace the car in five years' time. Mm. So by having a car loan, you're taking that out of your pocket every month and paying the loan down by the depreciation. That's right. And I guess I fundamentally disagree with that. And the caveat is do what you want, <laughs> uh, but just know you, you make the bed you lay in. You do. And, you know, within that, I would still say that by spending cash that isn't borrowed will hurt you more than getting a loan. So you'll actually pay less for a car. Yeah, I think that's true in most cases, but for a car, I would argue that it's different and it's because of this hidden depreciation cost that you don't notice the depreciation. When you walk into the dealership and you drive out with this mm. beautifully smelling new car, God, I love that smell. Full of toxins. Oh, it probably is, but yeah, God, that's it's what good. the new car smell is. <laughs> um, that's the point where you actually don't notice the depreciation, mm. that you forked over your 30 grand and you go, oh, I've got a 30 grand car. Net, no net change to my balance sheet. But actually, it's now ticking away, and the next time you notice it, if you paid cash, is when you go to sell it. And now, have you saved another thirty grand for the new one? Mm. That's the psychology of here. It's, I mean, mathematically, you're right. Yes, but um, also, it's on the premise. Your angle is like you've had two cars in your life. Oh, five. Let's yeah. not exaggerate. But that's what, but you keep your cars for a long time. Yep. Where a lot of people, cars are becoming like fashion accessories and if you're into cars you might be flipping well, i'm not going to wear one around my neck well hey if the shoe fits but there you go but i guess for me from a public policy point of view the minute i say everyone car loans are good people don't look at the nuance they go this is true i can afford 92 dollars a week yeah which could be too much car so yeah. i i think we we might end up on the same page but we're coming from a different angle yeah. And to me, this is about behaviour and psychology. Exactly, yeah. It's not about maths. Yeah. And, and in fact, you're borrowing, them, for most people, you're borrowing the money anyway because mm. that cash could have been paid off your home loan. That's right. And I would say if you are, if you already have a mortgage, sure, you might split, get a split on the mortgage, yeah. but make sure you pay the bastard off within four years. Yeah, don't take out a 30-year loan to buy a five-year That's right. five -year car. So for me, it's always, well, sure, I could do that, but if I 
spend cash, it hurts more to spend $15,000 of real cash. That hurts more than committing to $85 a week. Well, it does when you do it every three months like exactly. you do. Um, but just before we leave those, so those two things together will account for 40% of your lifetime spending. Mm. So, yeah, don't worry about your morning coffee. Mm. Get the 40% right. That's right. And then you won't have to worry about so how much coffee you buy. Where you live, what you drive. How you prepare for the unexpected. Okay, so that one, emergency fund, insurances. Emergency fund, insurance. All the boring stuff. Uh, yeah. Get that it's sorted. boring, but very important. Next one. How you prepare for retirement. How you prepare for retirement. Well, one way, Vince, is to make sure the first three are sorted, right? That's right. And that then gives you the ability to set aside some money for retirement. This is not just about super, that every dollar you don't spend through the compounding effect is leading you into a better position. Mm. So whether that's paying off your home loan, paying off your credit card, paying cash for your car, every dollar you don't spend has the same compounding effect. So the next question is, well, what do I do with it? Um, sure, there's super. So getting to retirement, whenever that is, you know, we all start adult life with so much human capital, our ability to earn a living, basically. And we need to turn sufficient of that human capital into financial capital by the time we either are unwilling or unable to work. Now, that might be at 30 or 35 or 60 or 65 or 80. But getting to the point where you've set aside enough of your human capital into financial capital to keep you going beyond the work life. And I think the biggest myth out there in Australian life is what the retirement age is. So the retirement age in Australia isn't 67. It isn't 60. The retirement age in Australia doesn't exist. Correct. It's In fact, what, it's illegal to force you to retire. Yeah, but I guess what I'm saying is the retirement age is whenever you want to stop working, but those magical lines of 60 and 67 are when you can access your super or when the government incentives can roll in. So that's right. you can retire tomorrow, but what are you going to live off? That's right. And of course, if 30 is the new 20, it's pretty hard to expect it to be the new 65 as well. Absolutely. Next one. Who you marry. Ooh. Now, this is um, not intended to be heteronormative. It means who your life partner is. And the importance of that is two do live not quite cheaper than one, but certainly well, you get scale. You get scale. You know, Vince, in my book, Sort Your Money Out and Get Invested, I talk about money and couples. And, you know, as a couple, you get scale because it doesn't cost double the rent for two people to live there. That's right. Um, although sometimes you need two bedrooms or a sofa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but getting to that, so a long-term couple with aligned values is one of the biggest markers of financial success in the country, that when you break up a couple, increase your expenses straight away because now you have to turn one household into two and it's a very expensive process. But the alignment of values is actually the key thing here. mm. I mean, everyone's got the uncle or aunt who's been, you know, married and divorced 50 times Mm. and got no money. So it's the ultimate nuke, right? Uh, What's the last point? And the final point then is how you make a living. And how you make a living is really about turning that human capital into financial capital. So it's got an implication on how much you earn. And most people will get the biggest return on their money by investing in 
their own human capital, mm. you know, getting a degree, being the best you can be at your job, whatever that might be, and the way that income is earned can have an implication on your ability to borrow, your ability to buy a house. Um, so being self-employed is much harder from a borrowing perspective, which makes turning human capital into financial capital harder. So how much you make, how you make it, and what you do with it. And that's what I mean about how you make a living. All right. So let's recap. Where you live, what you drive, how you prepare for the unexpected, the unexpected uh, what you do for retirement, right. who you marry or who you partner, with, partner with, and then um, how you make a living. How you make and a what living. You do with it. Now, that's all well and good and magical if you've just turned 18 and, you know, entered into life. I guess the thing now is, having all that said, well, if you want to spend $3 a day on coffee, well, who cares? Because like you said before, it's not moving the needle The needle if you are if you do have those big rocks in place. That's right. Get the, get the big rocks in place and all the other sand fills in the gaps mm. between the rocks. Now, question, if we are already um, in life, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm mid to late 30s, if you will, um, you know, I, and I've got a house and I've got a car, mm-hmm. uh, I've got an income. One like, car? I've got a couple of cars. <laughs> I guess it's hard if you're married to someone and, you know, that's not changing, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess any life wisdom for those who may have made a wrong mistake with some of the other stuff, like we're not saying sell your house tomorrow if or you've got car. too much house mm-hmm. or your car, but it's just being conscious that you might not be getting the financial traction in your life that you should be or that other people might be getting because your rent's 45% if you take home pay. So it's just acknowledging that these are the six big levers Mm -hmm. and can we start to just do an audit or a review? That's right. So most people, when they feel that way, so most people who have a problem have some sort of feeling. They feel that I'm 35, I don't feel like I'm getting ahead or I feel like there's just so many bills that I never have anything left. Those feelings will tell you Mm. which of these levers you need to pull. Mm. So someone who says, I just don't feel like I'm getting ahead, means they're probably not allocating enough of their spending to achieving goals. Yeah. So it's never too late, right? The great thing about money is time will cure most ills. And it's a question of starting, as you say, audit. So where am I? And- I don't like to use the word should. Um, you know, we're all different. There is there is no one right answer. Mm. That's why it's called personal finance. Mm. But I, I, but it's just again identifying. Mm. You know, if you are halfway through life, mm. well, you might not be changing your spouse. So we're just dealing with that. That's right. And let's control what we can control now. Yeah. Well, Vince Scully, thank you for joining us on My Millennial Money Express today. Glenn James, thank you for having me. And we'll see you guys soon. Bye. Bye bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. 
This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.